guys. How do you gentlemen feel about coming into this episode of Fair Warning? I feel wonderful. Feel good? Augie, how you feeling? Feeling good, man. Me? I'm feeling all right. <laughs> I, are you, are you, either, either you guys excited about covering fucking Fair Warning? Our namesake. Our namesake. I've been thinking about it all day. Right? <laughs> Seriously, I couldn't work. I was really distracted. <laughs> I've, been, I've kind of been giddy all day. Is, is, it, about this. is it safe? To, is this everyone's favorite Van Halen album in this room? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. All right. We're, wow. Yeah. Look yeah. at that. Yeah. Where else in, yeah. the, in the world are you going to find this kind of unity right now? We can all just get united behind this being the best Van Halen album. That I mean, ever that's was. almost a universal, like, I don't want to say that, say it that way, but for the true heads, it is though. Yeah, like anyone who knows, if they say this is their favorite Van Halen album, they're they like Van Halen. So what what was that a uh, little intro there, Augie? Oh, that was the uh, we were talking about it last time. The just the beginning of um, the second side of Woman and Children First, where it's the reverse Torah Torah, where it, uh, reversed guitar sounds you don't know what it is but it sounds badass but then yeah of course internet and you can look it up and <laughs> play it how it sounds just him squeezing the shit yeah. out of that whammy bar down so low the strings are almost oh, slapping awesome. it was sounding tortured yeah he made the the crazy elephant noises and the and the seagulls and the wolves and he could he did peter and the wolf all by himself one time you know that i didn't know that <laughs> But that's a good segue because that was from Women and Children First, which when we ended, yes. what they were still like just blazing through touring still. Yeah. Like still on that whole path. Like touring like only young men can. They're just, they're going all over the world, picking up fans, picking up girlfriends. Yeah. This is when Valerie Bertinelli enters the scene. Oh. America's sweetheart. Oh. Hot from One Day at a Time. Oh, you should have had that song ready to go. One Day at a Time. Bum, ba, da, ba. We can just sing it. We all know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I like that show. Oh, uh, it's classic. Yeah. You know. Schneider, hello. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. We all need a Schneider in our life. And there, there was a trend going on around this time. There's a lot of trends going around uh, this time. This album comes out in 1981. The trend uh, of superintendent building yes! cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> there was Buffalo Butt, there Mr. Hooper. Snyder. <laughs> he was more of a, the, he, he wasn't much of a super. He just come down in his bathrobe all the time. Yeah. And, and he got replaced by Mr. Furley. Well, Mr. Furley, you're talking Mr. Roper. What'd I say? Mr. Hooper. Who but Mr. Hooper? Is well, he from you know, Sesame Hooperman. Street? R.I.P. Come yeah, on. Yeah, that's yeah. right. That is true. And then John Ritter went on to play Hooperman. I'm serious. He was a detective. It was a really good show. I'm that one. I'm serious what about a tangled web we weave. <laughs> yeah. So Eddie's in in for as dark as this album is, you wouldn't think he'd be in such a like. Why is this album so different? Why is this day different from all other days? Why is this album the anomaly it is? It just it has a heavier vibe to it all. Just the the feel. It sounds heavy, man. Like there's no, there's a lot of killer guitar stuff. He's pushing it still, trying different things. Um, just that whole intro of Mean Streets is like a whole different way Iconic. to tap. Um, but no, it's it's it. I was listening to um, some music show, and the guy was just saying how 
like he likes women and children first. And he's like, why? That one sounds way heavier than fair warning to him. And I get it. I mean, Parts everyone, of it. everyone, you know, it's all subjective, right? Yeah. But um, I, I was trying to think. I was trying to think about that today. I couldn't. Like, how would you describe that? Like, that one is heavier than the other. Yeah, I would just say this one doesn't have a dance the night away on yeah. it, or uh, little guitars, or or women and children first. <laughs> yeah. No covers. And this, uh, what I yes. noticed, I was listening today. And uh, not a lot of the happy background vocals going on. It's like way they're, less. They're, uh, and they're if, in like if minor any. keys. All the background vocals are coming in. Yeah, yeah. This is home yeah. down on Mean Street. Yeah, it is yeah. just like it, bringing it down. Less Every Dave Clark and more Sabbath. There you go. Yeah. 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 Um, no instrumentals, no the covers. The nastiness. Part of it, it's like the, uh, it's like, uh, what's the Stones album? There was so nasty. Uh, Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street. Yeah. yeah. Where you could just kind of just feel that the, the vibe and just nobody was uh, smiling too much at all during the making of this. As, I as, guess. Go ahead. Oh, what were you going to say? No, you go ahead. Well, I thought you said you're okay, Spider. <laughs> um, wasn't the band really kind of button heads at this point, too, a little bit? That's what I keep I think that's reading. the lore I keep hearing is that, you know, this album is the, like the result of. Eddie winning some yeah. sort of uh, power struggle. Just having more say in yeah. I think some of that power struggle has got to be, let's do less camp and fucking more vamp. <laughs> That's straight off the dome, by the way. That is fresh. That's a <laughs> fresh Russell over here. Because <laughs> the one thing I kept Who reading. Who is firing at this moment. Yes. When oh, God. Out. Just on top. Uh, well, you, um, just as far as Ed's contribution and what he wanted on there um the thing i kept see coming up again and again was how he would sometimes sneak go like at 4 a.m him and don landy and put in stuff that they did, couldn't get in earlier in the day and <laughs> then just do it on the you know on the down on low the slide. yeah because we got the same crew here again don landy uh engineering ted templeman yep warner brothers twiddling the noobs and what is this sunset sunset sound yeah. studio same spot man they they and i think that also has a little bit to say in the this album maybe why it's so gritty because they've already done everything in the studio they've done happy they've done covers and they probably is a little bit of that tension happening eddie's maybe wanting a little more of his voice in there and he's also getting into relationship too so he's he's getting kind of pulled and and finds like nah fuck it i want it this way mm -hmm. uh, like check this out you know how much do I have to prove how awesome Right. this is going to be good? Who knows? Maybe we have Valerie to thank. She's like, you don't have to take that shit from, from Dave. I don't Ed. think she was I a actually, bad influence to I, the band. Not in a shitty way, but just like a confidence building way. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. That, yeah. I yeah. just want to make it clear. I did not call Valerie Bertinelli the Yoko Ono of Van Halen. No, no, no. No, 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 no and that no. would be unfounded. It'd be if a fist fight did. in the studio. <laughs> 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 you take that back. <laughs> I just think it was good for his confidence. Totally. It, it, not I, always. I think that's a real good insight. That's what a good woman will do, man. But he was getting married when this was coming out, so I think there was all that pressure, too, of just trying to, like, how do you concentrate on that one? You have a trying to finish an album? Yeah. Right. <laughs> and once again, this thing's recorded fairly quickly. It's like a month and a half or so they spend in the studio to record this album, and then it comes out on April 29th, 1981. They recorded... March and early April is what it says. So basically, <laughs> like, let, let's call it six weeks. That's probably the longest they've taken yet. Yeah, to make a record. 
they go out on tour in um, like the beginning of May. So they're now they've given themselves a little bit of buffer zone to let the album come out for at least a few weeks, maybe a month before they hit a fucking world tour, which had like five legs. They just ride it. Yeah. Yeah. They just ride it all the way to the holidays as usual. Yeah. Yeah. They had, um, they had the grand Granetti brothers open up for them again on that tour as uh, the G force. (laughs) They had changed their name. I'm not going to play them again, but, uh, Really? Because Grand Grenetti rolls off the, the dog. Grenetti brothers. Are, <laughs> um, do you, you want to hear what albums were out in 1981? Oh, oh fuck please. yeah. Check this out. I was just looking at, looking, or our, sorry, our crack uh, research team was uh, pulled this up. <laughs> 1981, so we have uh, Black Sabbath Mob Rules is out. Yeah. Def Leppard High and Dry, Foreigner 4. Oh, shit. Iron Maiden Killers. Oh, shit. Line up um, is killers. Jer- no, that's uh, Journey Escape, 1980. Oh no, yeah, 81. Molly Crew, Too Fast for Love. Wow. Um, I don't know. Kind of an interesting time would be Diary of a Madman. Man, it's a good time for throwing up devil signs and <laughs> Ooh, this having is, bangs. Yeah, the the fun part about 1981 here is mid to late 70s is still going strong (laughs) it is echoing hard in 81 and we can talk about how many mustaches trucker hats and baseball shirts show up at the concert this year Mm -hmm. for van halen it's in the thousands for every show a lot of mesh half shirts and this is the this is the album that got them uh arena rock now now they're selling out with this album with this tour they're selling arenas consistently such that they spend hmm, three to five days in the city and just hit that arena three nights in a row yeah and then go to the next place three nights in a row boom 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 cleaning up funny enough though fair warning one of their least selling albums it wasn't of the dave era it's the uh, least selling album. they didn't put out a single i guess right they put out four for fair warning yeah it's like four and there's like mm, radio was just kind of like yeah it's all right uh, where's the? Ha- I, I I believe they were probably just waiting for the happy jams. They were waiting for the party yeah. anthems that yeah. they never got. Yeah, which makes this album so much cooler, man. This Four one is for the Heshers like, sneaking yeah. cigarettes behind the horticulture, uh, <laughs> the greenhouses at high school. You know what I mean? This is for this is people like... to draw on their denim jackets. That's what this one's for. You yep. know who you are. No, when you we mentioned are. leaving the seventies, going into the eighties, like the, I feel like they're shaking off the the last bits of like disco shit and yeah. all that. Like, okay, that's done. Gone are the fluffy uh, leg warmers. <laughs> yeah, and he's settling into a more uh, sleeker, less chest hair. <laughs> no, less but more. At the same yeah, time. yeah, because they will for the live he's show. A we'll talk blonder. about what they're wearing. I've noticed he's getting it's, a little blonder on this tour. He's a little more blonde. Than they're all doing. sowing their oats, whether it's finding love in in, in marriage and and you know, uh, f- fully going chest hair out and <laughs> and and bitty bopping everywhere you want to go, or in Michael Anthony's case, wearing a World War II pilot's headgear with goggles. They, yeah. They're all sowing their fucking seeds right now, and they're fucking killing it. They, With this album, they push their dynamic even a little bit. You know, Like, they, like you said, they earned some more credit with the Heshers. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's start listening to this thing. Okay. This is... You... It's, it's Mean Street. Wonders. Which is 
I mean, he talked about the, that technique that he's using at the beginning of the new kind of his new sort of tapping sound and, and how he was trying to emulate funk bass players because he's throwing his thumb in there. Yeah, he's getting that. No, yeah, totally. It's more like almost like a percussiony thing. That yeah. He's doing. And once again, my theory that David Lee Roth is the first gangster rapper on Wax <laughs> uh, Exhibit oh, A. Is that it? We got more theories. Everybody in the room's next one slack. Mm. So much stank on that riff. Same old track. It's been ripped off a thousand times since then, too, because it's that good. Yeah. It's a riff that launched a thousand bands right there. You wouldn't even have grunge without that riff, I don't think. Yeah, there's those sad backup vocals. It's like everybody's doing them. They're all like. Again, a unified front when they're doing this, when they're putting music together. And it's not the high party harmonies, it's the nah. low, dirty. Stay in, oh, let's just stay yeah. right here. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's like two octaves from being like a dwarven hymn. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Alex has some fucking nice shit going on in this album, too. Yeah, yeah that's part of it. I like his drum sound on this record more than a lot of them. This is probably his best drum sound. This is his pocket drum sound. Like it's not the rock. It's rock, but it's not what they were doing. Like it's a, it's, it's totally evolved. There's a lot of Sabbaths. You're right. Got to get it in there. <laughs> Dance on Mean Street. But fuck, man, that lick is so funky right there. It's like, all right. 70s are over, but this is what I could still be doing if it was still. <laughs> mm. Doing that ZZ Top shit on the rhythm back there. Yeah. Totally. The fun nice ride, ride work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, I mean, Alex's approach to the hi-hats for this whole fucking verse is just, it's on it, it's aggressive, it feels like you're running down a wet street. It's kind of echoey, you know, and sloppy a little bit, it has a cadence, but it's not metronome. That bass drum is just, that bass drum is a vocal line, basically. It flexes. They're flexing hard. First song. Oh shit, here we go. See, a gun is real easy. Are we setting ourselves up for Panama in a couple albums? In this desperate part of town. Turns you from hunted into hunter. 
going hunt somebody down. Perry Farrell listening to this is before he writes fucking in three days. Greatest pick slides of all of rock and roll. <laughs> just you, you know it's coming and you're just waiting for it. It's so juicy, you know it's. <laughs> and was it's I mistaken? Did it pan? Oh, I don't. I didn't know. It went by so fast. I feel like in my mind it went from one ear. It went straight through my brain, came out the other ear. Do you, do you know what kind of control it takes to do a half a second pick slide oh, and not a good three second? <laughs> not a good three Mississippi. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's like a French kiss, you know? It's kind of like the less is more in a way. Brevity is the soul of wit. <laughs> so, as far as mission statements go on a record... Well, they said the name of the album in the first song. Right. I mean, uh, you had a story about like where... Who had the story about where the, the name of the album came from? Oh, I don't know. Well, it, I mean, okay, it's not a story so much as the term for fair warning. It's a, It's a... Uh, it's a heads up something wicked this way comes okay you know it's a it's heed this warning hey listen fair warning yeah. but you're about to get fucked up <laughs> <laughs> um and that's it they call it that's what yeah. was so on point about these guys at this point is they keep proving that they don't need a ton of time to record something super good and every time they do it everyone involved is like yep <laughs> did it again and they, they're they, breaking ground and this one they even go, they like what we're saying they they don't do the tropes that also got them the ability to make this album sure you know they're not doing the covers on this one and after this they will they're gonna go back to it pretty hard in the next album which makes yeah it was wild mood swings here it makes diver down a weird follow-up to this because this is just grimy you know what I think? I was thinking about that too. Diver Down has so many covers on it. I feel like that was like a like a rubber band effect that maybe like Dave was like, "Man, I want no, one he for wanted you, one for me." Yeah. 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 And then does. after, because after that, he makes builds his own studio. He's like, "Okay, fuck all you guys, <laughs> right? All for me." <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, this was uh, right around the time. So you said on the charts we had Blizzard. Oh no, Diary of a Madman. Um, and Randy Rhodes would die that year in '81, '82, oh, real close afterwards. Oh, after. um, and uh, there was just this little clip I wanted to play because we're talking about Eddie yeah. being a groundbreaker and and uh, pushing the envelope and oh, yeah, just yeah. what he thought about kind of some of the other guitar players at that time. Uh, hold your ears if you're like a big Randy Rhodes fan. <laughs> Did you know Randy Rhodes? Yeah. God damn, fucking poor guy. What'd you think of that kid? Well, he was one guitarist who was honest anyway. Because I read some interviews that he did, and he said that everything he did, he learned from me. Uh-huh. You know? And he he was good. Yeah. And, uh, God damn, man, what a fucking way to go, you know? I mean, obviously, the guy did, they must have been fucked up jerking around with a pot you know with the airplane <laughs> he goes on to his conspiracy about everybody in the airplane was fucked up but uh, i mean <laughs> did, did every time we listen to eddie van halen on the phone doesn't it feel like you could just call him up and 
if you got them talking for more than 30 seconds, you have them for the next two hours. That was word on the street, and it would be you weren't calling him. He'd call you and keep you on the phone for two hours. Hey, Jared. <laughs> fuck you doing, man? Yeah. <laughs> it was that guy. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, can we, uh, can we uh, celebrate his birthday that That's happened right, three days man. ago? Totally. At the, uh, we're a little ahead of... We're in the f- past. We're a little ahead of, in the past. But happy birthday. There you go. Happy birthday. Yeah, man. It's a it's a curveball of a. Is it though, or is it just a whole record full of like atomic punks, and uh, what's all the real, real nasty ones I from think like this, the first album? Yeah, this is lighting this, up the sky would have fit on this record. You know, yeah, they've hinted at it. Devil, fuck, man. They've hinted at it. Yeah. They just give you a whole record full of them. It's yeah, I think there's only like one song that's kind of upbeat out of this whole album. Yeah, towards the, it, this. When, so this, when is this is love. love right? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it's got that bass line. Yeah, it swings. They had to swing a little bit. All right. <laughs> Get yours, Mikey. But actually, they're they're gonna take it even darker on the next one. Dirty movies. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And talk about uh, Alex's drum sounded dope on this record. They're front and center here. And it's a, it's a story. Well, I guess if they wrote it today, they'd be like. She's got a OnlyFans or something. <laughs> there's no deals in back of limos anymore. Well, but you know, there's a Jay Giles and it is, it's Jamie, uh, dude. She's getting into the porn industry. Ah, it all ties in. It ties in. Say no more. Just Jamie. Alex and Michael right there. Yeah. Just hold being a rhythm section for the ages right there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's funky for Pasadena right there. <laughs> right there. Right in the same fucking wheelhouse. Love those little quick clamps too. Alex is all over those. And you're not getting those way up top harmonies, those happy harmonies. No. They're nowhere to be. Oh. 
So you are you? Is the word on the street that, that Jamie's getting into film? <laughs> that's her, that's where the, the Jamie Chronicles, dude. Exactly, the Jamie Chronicles. That's a that's a great fake documentary. <laughs> Jamie's career. Tell them Fred Armisen and what's his face will hear you and they'll do it. Don't, don't say it. Yeah. That sounds like Eddie, right? No, that's doing the oh. You think it's all Dave? He comes in like that in the beginning too with the intro into your riff. Doesn't get much better. <laughs> I feel like I'm in old New York City. In a porno theater. <laughs> exactly. Smoky. Yeah. Everyone wearing fedoras. A little bit of rain on the going. Yeah, the little Scorsese fucking New York 70s. Totally. Yeah, I always picture Roller Girl when he talks hey, about getting the big deal in the back of a limo. I just picture Heather Graham in, in Boogie Nights. You wanna go see a fuck movie? <laughs> dreamer after some damn rainbow what i love about this delivery of the vocals is it's kind of that it's a numb approach almost almost monotone yeah just like in theme of like becoming a fucking porn actress actor like there's probably some numbing going on and this it's like it's like this <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking artistic take on the on the fucking theme of it you might get uh what jerry cantrell does out of like the way the harmonies yeah. go down on this record they're a little more gregorian there was a van halen connection because they went on tour chains opened up the carnal knowledge tour but not to get too much off track but the um boogie bodies was is in washington right Gallup, i think yeah and uh which is like where ed got his that frankenstein body was a boogie oh, body like the what is like that. a second one they weren't going to use. But Cantrell used to work at the one up here, and he was saying one day um, uh, the guy had a bunch of head um, guitar necks, like a bundle of them. They, he's like, what are those for? He's like, shipping those out to Ed. <laughs> he's just getting his necks. But uh, there was one in there that had like a uh, like a nick in it or something on the fretboard, and he ended up giving that one to Cantrell. Did he end up putting it on that guitar that he always played? The um, the, the, the one with the pinup? The KISW guitar? Uh, I think it was a like one before that. <coughs> it might have been that one. I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, dope. I think Jerry listened to this record a little bit. Yeah, I bet this is Jerry Control's favorite Van Halen record. <laughs> right? Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? I think a lot of uh, a lot of fucking '90s Seattle bands loved this album. You know, I, I see this as a as a Soundgarden favorite Van Halen album. Yeah. And I'm not sure if all of them really dug Van Halen or whatnot, right. but I think they all probably. You, everybody at this point is at least respecting Van Halen. You can't ignore it, you know. It's like The Rock. It's the you know, it's like even you know whether you liked him in wrestling or movies, you just can't ignore the guy. That's the worst comparison <laughs> I'll make on this show. I promise. <laughs> That's some fucking pussy. 
So, uh, I, I guess this next one's kind of upbeat. It's definitely the tempo goes up. A center swing is still, it's, a, it's more like a center swagger. Yeah, and you got center in there. And yeah. You just, it Dropping the F-bomb right in the first verse. So let me tell you just a real quick shout, or let me give a shout-out to my cousin Jamie. He's uh, like about three years younger than I am, and he turned me on to this album when <laughs> like, Jamie had Ozzy poster in his room when he was like seven. Solid. And Yes, totally, totally. Great taste in music. <laughs> And uh, and this was I remember in sitting in the back seat with my cousin listening to this album. He I don't know maybe was ten maybe he was eleven <laughs> and was basically like you gotta fucking pay attention to this song here and he loved it because because uh, of the cursing and I remember my mom who was driving obviously at the time was like he didn't say that. And Jamie's like, he, he, he said that. <laughs> he's like, he's going to curse. He really leans into the F, too. He he earns yeah. every inch of that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, killer tune. Here we go. Backups on the edge of sounding maybe joyful. They know where joy is, but they're not hitting. Top yet. Mikey's yeah. in there. Old Top Jimmy Mikey's up in there. Yeah. It's a little shout out to the line to the Who as well. It's Roger Daltrey, you know, fake stutter going on. Yeah, yeah, he's put, he put a little more uh, affectation into things. Yeah, you don't see that again with him so much. It's not like a go-to move, but it just fits so perfect in this song. Certainly, this one. Especially here, wait, 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 wait. That's just got to come to you when you're writing it, you know? It's <laughs> sort of scat. Yeah. Get out and push, right? What are they saying? Get out and push? That's what I always thought too, but it's like, I'm a non sequitur. Yeah. But so much of Dave is. I don't know what he's saying for sure. I lost all sense of thought after that solo. We all just shut the fuck up for a minute and took it in. Dude, just, they go, just go dry in certain parts, they drop guitar out, drop bass out, fucking layer that back on. They're just all taking turns, kicking ass like two, three at a time. Yeah. And like, then they just like hit. Ninjas. Yeah, like One ninjas. Whole, some hold back. Some stay back. Right? Can't all attack at once. It's like when the hand 
you know, attacked Logan and fucking that four-part series, and they were just lighting them up with arrows. Fuck, I can't do that. Some gotta hang back. Some gotta get out and push. Davis busts out his dual-octave dual scream. He's also got a few tracks going on while he's... He's got a shout going on on the right-hand side right as he's finishing a phrasing. Yeah, man, the track and the... the, uh, the Production levels going nowhere but up. Yeah, on this record, new tricks coming out. You're figuring out that room, that board, that, the magic board is, is yeah. on its good side right now. You're right. They're they're. I mean, what two songs ago, Eddie had like three guitar parts just dancing all the way around. Yeah, I never noticed that. Yeah, that was crazy. It's getting way more ornate for sure. It doesn't feel like labored though. You know, it doesn't it feel took, like they spent... It took like six weeks, man. It was like a, <laughs> what a laid-back schedule. Know, that it, Let's try this part, too. Let's take three times as long as we've ever taken. <laughs> All right. We've got to get back out on the road. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm thinking about bringing my wife. No! <laughs> Got some fucking pussy. <laughs> I guess that's what Ed was trying to get on the album, though, was just more of that, those background guitar parts, because... Uh, it sounded like Landy was trying to keep it more pure. Like, if you can't recreate this on stage, don't why? Yeah, let's not but, try that. Yeah, you that, it sounded like that's what he was fighting more for. Yeah. You can't hem Eddie. Don't tell Eddie what he could do on stage. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if this is what it sounds like when he gets his way, you. We were talking about the intro to this next one. Four, What's which is the groovy phaser effect in the chorus, and we hear about it later. Is that what it is? And uh, just how cool it is, especially in headphones. So all our earbud listeners, you're welcome. <laughs> Cigarette break for him. Yeah, yeah. Cigarette on the headstock. <laughs> that sounds like he had like some kind of octave pedal on too. He's getting those really deep, like he's playing a bass part at the same time. It's yeah, those nutty. are some warm, low tones coming through. Great sustain to it. I like these little licks, little descending. Keep it together, Dave. This is for the record, okay? Breaking. You think you are Jimmy uh, Fallon up in here? You better load up your drink. Oh, I know.
try to reproduce that guitar line. It's not a riff, it's not a lead, it's just Eddie spackling over. Yeah, just having at it. <laughs> Musical Parkour by Eddie Van Halen. That's fucking perfect. But this song's got a lot of cool texture to it. It's, it's like three bridges and, uh, and, and, you know, I don't want to get all technical about how Van Halen writes their songs, but it's just got these fun resolves like in yeah. this chorus. Yeah, the, oh, you're right. just going to elevate for a little while. It reminds me of that uh, Guns N' Roses song, uh, they would pull Appetite for Destruction has a lot in common with this record yeah. to me. Here you go. Nope. I think that's the sound of a drink. That definitely sounds like cowbell right there. Everybody at home drink when you hear the cowbell. But uh, really quick though, dude, this solo is ridiculous. Whammy bar. Like it's, it's going everywhere but on, on beat. I don't mean that disrespectfully. Yeah, he's above it. Like, it's just all... He's transcending the beat right now. Dude, you said it earlier. Miles. Yes. He, I, he never... Okay, but you know what? He wasn't ever really that forthcoming about his influences ever anyway. But I never hear him talking about... Well, he would talk about jazz guitar players, I guess. He was he was hip on, like, Pat Metheny and, and guys Alan like that. Alan Holdsworth? Is yeah. that one of the guys? Yeah. Miola or how many, all those guys. Like he, I know he respected those guys and listened to them. I don't know if he ever did the. I never heard him talk about like Miles Davis. But you know what? If his dad was playing jazz stuff, he's got to be wired for be, it. Yeah. yeah. God, don't you think that him and Miles would have jammed at some point? I'm going to get on the internet after this to find out we missed the oh fact that God. those two jammed. Well, oh, he was like in Eddie and the Cruisers too, and they, everybody <laughs> thought Eddie was dead, and then he ended up Eddie, and then he fucking jammed with all the blues musicians. Totally. Yeah. He tried to do that with Hendrix. They were trying to team up for a long time and never got together. That been nutty. So I apologize if they already did jam and we didn't know. Secret tapes. That's what's in the vault. Miles came over one night. Because, you know, Eddie kept that good cocaine. <laughs> it was in the top-knot years. <laughs> I think we're I think we're firmly in the cocaine years. It feels right like this when you when you listen to some of their uh, interviews around 1980, 81, and eighty two. A lot of energy going on, yes. a lot of drinking. I know, um, and uh, e even some interviewers saying like, "Wow, how do you guys have so much energy? <laughs> <laughs> how do you stay up so late? How are you? Uh, you know, a lot of that kind of." That's um, hilarious. Head nods and or and, and or dodges. That's yeah, I uh, think you're right, man. Leads right into a little interview clip I wanted to play from Dave at the time. It's gonna <laughs> just illustrate that point. Yeah. <laughs> are three words rarely mentioned in close proximity to David Lee Roth, the frantic frontman of Van Halen. Roth has not exactly gone out of his way it's to project the square. refined image. Indeed. Lloyds of London has taken out a multi-million dollar paternity policy to protect him from the consequences of any potential off-stage debaucheries. 
But on stage, Roth is in his native element. And to him... Being on stage is great. It's like being in the jungle. And, you know, you hear all the noise and the volume and the people are all screaming and there's smoke in the air and people are throwing stuff up on stage. They throw, you know, scarves and brassiers and, you know, the keys to their house and the keys to their car. And, and everything comes up on stage. It's a big mess. It looks just like my hotel room and, and the, you know and it gets really hot reaches about 110 degrees Fahrenheit by about the second song and you're out of wind and you kind of limp or you barely make it to the next song you know and that's only the second song you feel like an animal man you feel like it's real primal has great um, therapeutic value you know <laughs> I have a good time that's why I got this job when David Lee Roth knocks <laughs> off after Pretty great. And this is it all. He's he's firing at this point. Every interview, every uh, radio sit-in he does, he is absolutely firing. <laughs> he's done kiss the Blarney Stone, that's for sure. Yeah. This is it's peak Dave. Um I think I think a lot of a lot of what we see or listen to now. Oh, that's a shit way to say it. Um, I think he informs his later, his later persona, based on this era. Oh yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he's like, stuck he's in gonna, amber, dude. He's, yeah, he's, exactly. <laughs> he's never getting out of that era. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Yeah. Nicely done. He'll never make it out. Unchained. Shout out Jay Moore. Jay Moore's. <laughs> Jay Moore, you, you you thirsty. Why are you so thirsty, Jay? Mr. Moores. Uh, this is a great drop. This is the first time I learned about Drop D, I think. On this one? Is this song. This I wasn't know. the first time he did it. It's not the first time he did it, I don't think, but it was the first time I realized what it was. Gotcha. It's the way he just gets it. It's like, what? Oh, you just turn that. Oh, you just take a down one. That's easy. That makes rocking out so much, like 30% easier. Yeah, rocking out is thirty percent easier in drop D. No, that gets you halfway to Sabbath, right there. It, it really is. <laughs> Add water. <laughs> Let me play Unchained. Is this just a buzz saw? Is that what he's using? Yeah, he mixes it over there and throws all the reverb in the other ear. They are now cemented. Mikey's got some excellent entrances on this record. <laughs> Mikey and He's Alex like are, are in the pocket this whole album. Mid to late 20s. That's how old the band is. They're in yeah, the Eddie's like, or I think in one of the clips or the interviews with David Roth was 25, and I think he, him and Alex were the oldest. So they're all under 25. You just ridiculous. Get the fuck out of here. This boys. guitar rhythm line, though, it's, it's ridiculous. It's kind of across the grain. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Putting that stank on him, like he's just really leaning into these things. Yeah, and he's he's keeping Wait, away from. He's, 
he's like staying staying away from what a nice vocal line would be through there. Kind of like what we talked about Eddie doing in a previous track, where he's like, he's not even playing to the music. He's just fucking... Dave does that a little bit on this album. Slows a bit, stanks it up a little bit. Everyone's stretching a little bit. Yeah. Just getting a little more confident. Fourth album, shit, you're king of the hill. Yeah. Feels like they could be like, no, that was good. We got that. That's what we meant. It's a vocal line. Yes. And the and the rhythm part he was playing behind it. Shaking his head. No. (laughs) That's so good. You gotta you gotta shake your head. He's not just like one of the best soloists. He's one of the best rhythm players that ever lived. What a dick. Look at this. Hey man, that suit is you. You'll get some leg tonight for sure. Leg. Tell us how you do. I don't think Don is going to get the uh, Academy Award for that uh, delivery. (laughs) So, so, yeah, my older sister is convinced that that just happened random during the take. (laughs) And, like, the guy walked in with a nice suit and he's like, you know. Come on, Dave. Clock's ticking. Time is money, buddy. But, okay. Meant to sound like a talkback mic, right? Mm -hmm. It's the guy guy in the booth. Yeah, I'm sure it was the talkback mic, but it was a script. <laughs> Funny, dude. It's like a little skit. Uh, I didn't have it panned up, but he starts doing those little at the end. Those little octave chords over the top of it that he's just playing a different melody over the end. It's it's ridiculous. Yeah. Once that, again, that song's a ripper. The rhythm playing, everything playing. Who sucked on that song? The answer is nobody. And have you guys seen the? Um, that's some of the best footage out there too. Was from I mean, unfortunately not a lot of it, but there's like the Oakland show was yep. the one that has. Is it this song and uh, one of the other ones from this album? Yeah, I wish there was more of that footage. It's so good. Do you have the set list they were playing on that tour? I do. You want to? You want to? Yeah. Hear, you want to hear about they it? Gave now? me a hankering for some set list love, dude. So they kick off this tour uh, in May, uh, May 12th, right, 1981. It ends October 25th. It's basically a five-month tour. They hit a whole bunch of fucking countries and shit. Start in Halifax. Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia. That's pretty good Nova Scotia. Played for just did. Thank you. They played for 83 people. What? Is that the truth? <laughs> no. Oh, that part. Everybody in Nova Scotia showed fucking, up? Yeah. <laughs> Sold out show. Sold out show. Yeah, city there were seals sitting on the outside. There was a gazebo involved. So their set list, I'm, I'm just going to rip through it and, right. and, and you know, jump in and, and whatever's. But they start with On Fire. Solid. Sinner Swing. Boom. Boom. New, here's a new one off of our fucking new album. Drum Solo. Right you got had enough. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but you know what? You know what we're finding here, and I can appreciate this playing drums. You throw a drum solo kind of early on because the rest of this to to play this shit 
These guys are obviously spending a lot of energy. So, like, like, watch me warm up, guys. Watch me warm up, guys. <laughs> like, I need to warm up anyway. Yeah. We're just coming from the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> just I mean, get... I was hitting the practice pads a little bit back there, but shit. I think it's his idea. in the idea. way of my drinking. I think that's the, that's the sneaky of the drummer solo. Mm-hmm. It's just like, let's just get it in there. We're doing a thing. Uh, after that, hear about it later. Mm. Then Dave raps. Yeah, Dave I told you, man. <laughs> I told you. Right? So Dave's warming up now, too. <laughs> uh, so this is love. Then Jamie's crying. Bass solo. Ooh. We're almost halfway through the show. Three solos already. <laughs> I wonder who's coming next. The main event. Running with the devil. Dance the night away. Sunday afternoon in the park. <sighs> Romeo's delight. Everybody wants some. Bring everybody together. Now everybody's, okay, we're in. One's hype. Hit him with the ice cream, man. Oh, it's a crowd pleaser. Get him a little. They're all there. on the one the ladies. Boom. And then after that, you go Mean Streets. Yep. Oh, come on. Let's get back in there. Mean Streets just snapped everybody back into down and dirty country. That's rope a dope action right there. Yeah. What do you do on that kind of rope? What, what comes after that kind of rope? A knockout punch. Guitar solo. Oh, see? <laughs> uh, and then we get everybody for the last four songs to listen to uh, um, Feel Your Love Tonight, You Really Got Me, give them the classic, Unchained, Here's a Freshie. I can't argue at all with this fucking set no, list. I heard nothing I'm mad so, about yet. Finish the show with Ain't Talking About Love, go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's how you end the show. On every level, including cover art, which would maybe we talk about right now too. Mm, yeah. These guys are oh, firing, and that and that's why I love this album so much. Is that it hits, it it uh, it hits on all these different aspects, including their fucking visual representation. The artwork is just like I said before. Michael Anthony's wearing a pilot, a World War One pilot headgear with goggles. <laughs> and Eddie is wearing a Where's Waldo meets a, a flabby Freddie Mercury jammy fucking onesie. Um, Dave looks like a Native American softball player through most of this. He's got like <laughs> muckluck boots and like a cutoff <laughs> baseball tee. Uh, and Alex, <laughs> Alex looks like he's the drummer from the Killer Bees with John Belushi and fucking yeah, bandoliers. <laughs> he's just wearing. He's, he's like, I'm going yellow stripes, and you know Eddie was like, I did yellow stripes on the second album. Like, what yeah, are you, well, you doing? He's like, I'm doing yellow stripes. It's my turn for stripes. I'm fucking stripes, and Eddie's like, oh, fine, I'll be fucking stripes. I'll go red, red and white stripes. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah. All right. What, 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 what do we got? You brought up the album art. I mean, can we talk about that? Let's talk about that album art. It's also my favorite album cover. And it's a good place to do it because you need something happy after talking about this album cover. For real. <laughs> yeah. It, it, um, yeah. I can't, yeah. Fuck. Um, you said they started the tour in Canada. Well, speaking of Canada, this fucking artist is Canadian. We. But, like, if you look at, like, everybody knows the cover, but that cover. Oh man, here we That's go. Like it's a, a bigger a blown picture. up section of a much bigger painting. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the album that and the painting's like a three by four footer. Mm-hmm. So that thing that you're seeing on the album is like, I don't know, like a handprint size of this bigger Tiny. thing. Yeah. But the image is this 
it has like this Heronius Bosch kind that's, of feel to it. That's what I was thinking, like the Garden of Earthly Delights kind exactly. of vibe to it. Yeah. Creepy but, and multifaceted, like just a bunch of shit. It's like Where's Waldo for the mentally ill? <laughs> no, it's super fucked up. But He's in, everywhere. But the, <laughs> <laughs> so the album cover is a cropped-in version of this larger painting, and the painting is this guy after he went legit schizophrenic. They put yeah. him in the crazy bin. And but they're Canada, and they're like, oh, what else do you need? Oh, I need my art stuff. Okay, they're accommodating Canada. Yeah, yeah. But he paints like. Oh, all... he wants to paint a little. But oh, what do you want to paint, William? That. They're but, Irish there too, by the way. That bigger painting, it's I can't even describe it, but like it's like it's, it's like the inside of, of somebody's skull. Yes, it's, it's a it's sectioned like a... off head with compartments, and it's yes. compartmentalized into memories like... that all seem to be embarrassments or disappointments or. They're not good memories, most of them. No, and and a lot of them have a significant physical and emotional violence. Yeah, especially <laughs> the one on the cover where the kids getting pummeled in the nose. You know, getting kids okay. on top the of face, them. kids pointing and like beating your head against the wall. Our crack uh, Van Halen research team found out Shut that this up. cover. Love those people. No, because that because it's hard describing it, but yeah, it's like a sectioned off head with compartments of different crazy shit going on but each it's sectioned off if you look up like he broke it all down because um, words huh there's like the there's the outer part of the skull the in, inner part is politics the outside is jeez it's all layered and specific to him growing up but like the little compartments like when they're fighting right there those kids it was um this is the childhood section uh small boy panel this is where he's um <laughs> oh no no wait 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 bully panel it represents himself being beaten up and bloodied by a macho bully. It's not an actual memory, but something he always feared. In the foreground is a boy pointing and smiling and a girl watching. This is more grounded in the memory, uh, one of his memories. Um, the girls who tormented me especially rejoiced when I was knocked down for trying to stand up for my rights. Like, yeah. you, each panel is broken down in There's that a much. There's story to each one. It's a trip, dude. Um, the other one, like somebody like getting kicked out of the house. Oh, dude, no. In the boot. Yeah, you know what that is? Oh, I was just reading that. You ever get kicked in the head with an iron boot? Like, th that's the peasant panel. Oh, shit. And it's, it says, uh, in this panel, a peasant man is kicking his barefoot kicking his barefoot son from the house into a snowstorm. Inside the house are several other children seated. You can see them in the background, right? Mm -hmm. The dinner table. This again represents not an actual memory, but a fear of what could happen. Kirillik also claims it represents the cruelty of the mid-European parent who figures he owns his child because he gave them life. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, there's a lot of Charlie Brown issues going on. <laughs> hey, dude. Did I did I ever tell you guys um, these three Mennonite girls called me a monkey once? Yeah. Yeah. Would that be a panel in your little, that would be a panel. little skull that would cross totally, section? That would be totally, I would put that in one of my panels. Mine would be shit in my pants in the first grade. It's good, a rabbit good hole. Panel. Good panel. <laughs> Augie, you got a panel? It's a total rabbit hole. I don't want <laughs> to go on about this, but the one last thing that is interesting, because I, it was hard to find it, because uh, I kept thinking, well, that, this is not telling me how they got, like, why did they pick it? Like, I couldn't right, find right. anything. But the only thing I found was, uh, what did it say? Um... It had to do with Alex. Um, somehow he came across it, and um, blah 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 blah. He somehow Alex came across it. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's I don't know. I fucking Sorry. like it, man. 
But my brother he, saw it one time. He fucking came across it. He liked it. And he's like, fuck, I'm going to buy this painting. I'm going to fucking reckon. Buy a painting. It's very important to Dude, do. it's a perfect cover for this album. It's it, it's dirty. It's, it's all the, sepia It's tones. all the bad memories. It's, <laughs> oh, that's what yeah. it was. He, he, he wanted to just... So there's this dude hitting his head. Yeah. Running his head into a brick wall. He wanted that cropped in. <laughs> right? Um, that's why the, the album work. title is pretty small in that panel. Like, that's where the album title is, is in that oh, panel. Hey. I think... Remember when he used to do the fake hit your head joke with that guy? And I heard another interview where he did it again. <laughs> he was trying to force someone to do it. <laughs> We're not leaving the room till you do it. I think he just liked that because he wanted to do something. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he, he's a profound thinker, Alex. Um, he's, he's hilarious. He is hilarious. Can I roll one of his comedy bits right quick since yeah. we just brought his name up? Um, this is in KLAQ. Is I don't know if that's California or I never heard of that. But he's not, he's he's the guest on the radio station. It sounds like the morning. This poor gal that's interviewing him, but uh, he is enthusiastic. Here, here we go. Who writes the music in the band? Well, I'm glad the other guys didn't come down with me because now I can really spout up. You can opinions. let everybody yeah. know who really That's does it, right? right? <laughs> because I write all the music, I write all the words, I play all the instruments in the studio, I produce the band, I'm also <laughs> the engineer, I drive the trucks, I set up the lights, I design all the, the lights, I load, in, I load out, I pay the crew, I do the promotion, I'm also the manager, and any legal advice you need, I'll be there and more than happy to charge you double what I'm really worth. And on top of that, in the afternoon, I do brain surgery. <laughs> That's Dave's so effect on Alex. Because they, I think they like to buddy around. We can expect Come back me you, time, I know. you too, <laughs> to do it all on stage tonight too. Oh, yeah. oh, he goes on to say they're going to preview their new live album that night. <laughs> <laughs> he almost sounded like he was going into a Guido Sarducci bit. A little yeah. Bit. <laughs> so he's getting the, hey, after that, <laughs> do brain surgery. He is. Alex is. Uh, he's definitely coming into. <laughs> he's, he's fun guys to hang out with. I think. Yeah. I think I would have yeah. really liked hanging out with these guys. I think so. We would think we would have got along famously. <coughs> I'm gonna go ahead and uh, where are we at? Oh, when push comes to shove, you guys. This is. Uh, Michael Anthony taking a little page from uh, Bill Wyman, doing like a little Rolling Stones bass line here. Dave, rapping. Yeah, I like I like um, I like the place of this song too. They they've already been bludgeoning you for most of this album, and so yeah. you, second side just early into it, you get somewhat of a breather. It's a little bit dim, <laughs> yeah. you know. <laughs> I love Dave's delivery. It's like a breath of air while, you know, in the middle of two chokeholds. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I love Dave's singing on this one. Cigarette over here. Shake 
Not the last of those 70s licks. Yes. Feedback to know it's so perfectly. He's singing it like two octaves. That sounds like a reggae riff. Yes. what just happened right there like is that two two or three maybe Over. yeah clean as hell yeah i didn't be that clean it's still heavy you got like that like you said with reggae like like somehow just like reggae but chicken picking yeah <laughs> it wasn't an indignant <laughs> sniff <laughs> uh. There's there's this weird existential um, desperation all over this album. Um, it's it's all, all like a sense of loneliness, um, echoey wet cobblestone streets <laughs> kind of stuff. Like odd hours of the night. You're talking about some of this getting recorded at odd hours of the night. There's it's kind of like a theme album. It's like probably probably their only theme album. Ish. That theme being darkness. Yeah. A little bit of despair in there. What's funny to me is it doesn't necessarily seem like that's where the head was at. Well, you know, you put on a brave face when you're partying every day, but obviously they're going through some shit. That solo was yeah, had the fire. It was like desperate. What desperation sounds like, if you could put it right. into a musical form. Trying to swim up to the surface a little bit. Yeah, it was nutty emotional, and that's why he's the king. Because anyone can fly out a billion notes a minute. What's my superpower? How about the power to move you, my friend? <laughs> It brings us to like the happy song on the. Then this was a single, this one. Yeah, and it's got the the. I don't know why. If the, if anyone knows the story of why the the track fades and then comes back at the beginning of the song, like the brings the bass down and then it comes oh, yeah, back yeah. up and it's just kind of weird. This so is the happiest song. It's got ever. love in the title. It's got to be. Dedicate uh, one to the ladies. <laughs> Right here. When my baby's on the corner and she's looking so fine, put one and one together and it blew my mind. A man needs love to live, I'm a living proof. Catch that smile and I have the roof. Big double take, but you keep on walking. I'm in love 
Top Mikey's back in the house for this one. Yeah. <laughs> right in his wheelhouse. <laughs> this is the most air Alex Van Halen's drum set has ever sounded to this point. It's got the most air and room, room in it. On it. Yeah. yeah, all the other girls. But he's always he's a flattering motherfucker. It's a feel-good song, man. You just want to go wash your car or walk your dog or... That's you true. Know? Fucking trim your mustache. <laughs> Put your best clothes on, kids. We're going to Sears. <laughs> <laughs> to get some more of your best clothes. <laughs> what, just me? <laughs> you now have permission to wear your Sundays on Mondays. <laughs> your Sundays got demoted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this solo, though. Oh, the beginning of that little, like, oh, the Reminds me of a rapper that finds his flow over any given beat, you know. Like this is obviously this is a yeah. rhythm they're doing. Chris, what, what would you call this? Is like a fa really fast shuffle, or yeah. it feels shuffly? But just the way he rides that beat and finds his flow, if you will. Yeah, that's the, that's that professional <laughs> confidence they all have. Of he'll find the one he can do whatever he wants, and they can kind of do that with every member of the band. Dave can go do whatever he wants and he'll find where to join in find the best spot to be alex doesn't really break time signature that much you know like modern day danny carey playing with tool he loves breaking time signatures and, and then coming back and, and in a Mac camera, lose yourself man. find yourself kind of yeah. shit <laughs> alex is basically just driving just he knows where he is he knows where he is and he loves being yeah. there and uh, and Michael too. Michael likes like Michael and Alex are doing some fucking A plus work on this whole album, and they're hitting a few different grooves. You know, tons of awesome stops. Lots of different feels. A lot of isms going on <laughs> in between those two, and uh, because we already know Alex and Eddie can do it, Alex and Michael can do it. Michael and Eddie don't necessarily do it so much off each other, but they're. They know when one's going, the other one is just rock steady. And usually it's Michael being rock steady. Always. Because he's got some background vocals to fucking concentrate on, too. I mean, Eddie is, uh, he's not singing when he's soloing. No. There, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> Should have stopped talking God. about 30 Safe. seconds ago. <laughs> stars out of five Go fuck yourself Go eat a bag of baloney son yeah yeah there's some bullshit <laughs> <laughs> but he did say this was like a bright spot hinting at like future direction yeah 
which in sure. a way you, you know you called it but it's also being like oh an artist has a new tool i bet he's gonna use it it's like yeah, yeah oh you big fucking limb you went out on have you ever seen the keyboard he uses for this it's like this little mini uh, little mini moog or what is that it's like this little guy Got all kinds of. That was state of the art in 1981 too. If you if you scroll through Wolfie's uh, Instagram, there's a shot. It he has a clip of him playing this song on it. Oh shit! For like a couple of seconds. And this is kind of like a We Are the Champions, We Will Rocky situation. So I'm gonna let it just keep going. But it could have been on oh, a right, Sabbath right. album, dude. This is like so dirty, evil, like. They, I mean, in '81, they didn't have the technology to make a keyboard more than like 16. <laughs> but I mean, I put that up with uh, whatever uh, David Bowie was doing in Berlin at the time, as far as like audio weirdness. Yeah. He's exploring. They're exploring the space. And he just holds it right over in the next song. Like, this song just barely didn't get picked for Tron. When you think about it, it's just drums and that keyboard that he's playing. And he, I think Mikey's doing just a... Could be way back there. It's, I think it's way... I think this was like a one-take song. Like, they were literally... This solo rips, dude. Yeah, he's having a yeah, fucking. That was a zero ball. fuck solo right there. <laughs> it was. It was the best. You get the good shit. Yeah. Um, we talk about album closers a lot in the other show, but that's one for the books. As far as like, you, you want some some new? You want yeah. some some new shit? Here's some new shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a perfect spot for it on this album too. One foot out the door. Yeah. Right away. It's. It, 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 it's a theme album, but it's not. It's a concept album, but it's not. It's it's more of a state it's of a mind. Tone. It's a it's tone. It's a tone poem. <laughs> it's a it's a it's like a, a timescape tone poem. I think we can all agree with that. It's a statement, man, because he he gets this is like him pushing it and getting all his shit in there. Because on if you look at like a sorry to jump ahead, but like on Diver Down, what was uh, the beginning of um. What's that Bowie song they do? Dancing in the or, uh, or I mean, <laughs> Bowie did yeah. it too. But yeah, Dancing <laughs> in the streets. That's awesome. Yeah, um, it has that kind of crazy keyboard <laughs> shit going on. Like he, if he, my point is like, imagine if they didn't do Diver Down and it went from Fair Warning and let the momentum go into like an 
Yeah. Push it more. I wonder what that universe had to pay you, you for mean, for that timeline. <laughs> you mean like Prague keyboard Eddie? Yeah. Is that, is that Rick Wakeman Eddie <laughs> in the house? But I guess he comes back to it in '84. Well, uh, okay. So we talk about the the fucking the vault of you oh, know of fuck, the studio. Yeah. You know this. There's a shit ton of tracks where he's marked 1981. He, yeah, he's messing <laughs> with keyboards and soloing <laughs> on top of it. How, that sounded awesome. This is like the first time we really hear him doing it. So you know, at this point in their career, and he wouldn't let go of that fucking Jones. Till they died, yeah. Like fucking always, like playing the keyboards, and so you just know he's got libraries of crazy keyboard rips and, and him soloing and playing along with it. And since he's obviously, it's kind of like doubling yourself or whatnot. You just it just had this intrinsic feel. A lot of stuff I read too was uh, he he wrote a lot of this album on piano. Wow, oh, no shit. I don't know how much, but yeah. You know, I would have guessed that. Well, uh, maybe that explains some of the uniqueness of his rhythm guitar parts is they're they're mimicking something he probably made up on the piano. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is a whole other angle to come at it, I suppose. Short album, too. It's short. I know, it's like a half hour. Yeah, 32, 35 minutes maybe in there. And this is the lowest they get. This is, I think this is the dirtiest, cleanest, (laughs) grittiest, and fucking... Uh, intentional. I don't know. Think hungry, how man. Off. You nailed yeah. it. You, you nailed it, man. It's hungry. Just think how pissed off you were when you were 25 <laughs> about just everything. Let's see. What were the things that were making me mad at 25? Oh, God. What do you got? When you're 25? <laughs> Hang on. It was, it, it was one... How come I'm never gonna be able to play like this fucking album? <laughs> Two, really <laughs> music. <laughs> Three, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, man, it's just a great time to be alive and angry in your mid to early twenties. It's a killer album. <sighs> that was a hard exhale, man. <laughs> that was. It takes it out of you. It's a short shows. album, but it punches you. Punch. Do you know what I kind of think though? And 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 I know that all of these people we're talking about work really hard. I don't think a lot of them stretch. I don't think there's <laughs> I a think lot. Dave of, does. I, Dave stretches <laughs> for sure. Dave has a stretching dojo. Yes. <laughs> you have to set it up That's with like curtains track. behind. Yeah. <laughs> Which we're gonna get into when we fucking cover the next album. Yeah. There's Swords and shit. It has to. If, if Eddie's wife can come, then I get a. Then I get a stretching dojo, man. <laughs> Was that Dave? Yeah. Was that even close to fucking Dave? <sighs> Happy trails, motherfuckers. Happy trails, motherfuckers.